0: Welcome to the audio ministry of the Family Worship Center located in Pickering, Ontario, Canada. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy today's message. Amen. Today we're reading from Psalm 73. So I'm going to read this verses 1 through 5, Psalm 73, and then we're going to go into the word. And it reads, No doubt about it, God is good. Good to good people, good to the good hearted. But I nearly missed it, missed seeing his goodness. I was looking the other way, looking up to people at the top, envying the wicked who have it made, who have nothing to worry about, not a care in the whole wide world. Let me read that, read that one more time, and then we're going to go into it just in case you missed. It says, no doubt about it, God is good. Good to good people, good to the good-hearted. But I nearly missed it, missed seeing his goodness. I was looking the other way, looking up to the people at the top, envying the wicked who have it made, who have nothing to worry about, not a care in the whole wide world. My subject today, keep your eyes on the prize. Just look at someone as you take your seat and just look at them and just say, keep your eyes on the prize. Let's go into the word of God. Thank you. Thank you. As we enter into the third month of 2020, the third month, today is March the 1st. We're going into the third month of 2020. I am still commissioned. I am still assigned. I am still still called to remind you, to encourage you that this is the year of restoration. Everything that you need from God this year is centered around restoration. So that means that God has to build us up, restore us in the areas where we are weak, in the areas where our lives are tattered, in the areas where we need a little bit of repair. Hallelujah. So that we can be vessels ready to receive the blessings of the Lord. Who's ready to receive the blessings of the Lord? Hallelujah. We have come so far already, but we still have a long way to go. I say we've come so far, but we still have a long way to go. And we have come too far, Mother Scarlet, to give up now. I say we've come too far to give up now. Keep your eyes on the prize. So many of us have established goals, career goals, financial goals, personal development goals, spiritual goals, educational goals, relationship goals, even physical and health goals. All of our goals, everything that we strive to be and become in this life on Earth, Sister Belle, lines up into four categories. Number one, the stepping stone goals. These are the goals that serve during transitional times. Many people take a part-time job to be able to pay off student loans or to pay off their credit card bills. They don't plan on having the part-time job forever, but the job serves as a transitional goal to get them to the next stage in their life. Stepping stone goals. The next level of goals are short-term goals. These are the goals that you set for things like education. Like getting a degree, completing a GED, pursuing a master's degree, purchasing a car, purchasing a home, taking a dream vacation. Short-term goals generally take 3 to 10 years to achieve. They are the goals that will help elevate your life and provide comfort for the next phase of your life. Somebody say, keep your eyes on the prize. Stepping-stone goals, short-term goals. And then there are long-term goals. These are the goals that you set for a long period for most of your life. You ask yourself, what do I hope to accomplish? By this time, you've established your career and you've figured out the trajectory for your life and what you hope to do that will provide a meaningful income to live by and enjoy what life has to offer. Somebody say long-term goals. Then there are lifetime goals. These are the goals that you've set for a lifetime. Somebody say lifetime. It's what you hope to accomplish over the course of your entire life. These are the goals that will provide a generous legacy for you when your life has ended. Within these pursuits of happiness, within within these four goals, there are several different kinds of people. Stay with me. I know where I'm going. I see some of you taking notes. If I'm I'm moving too fast, you can listen to the podcast and catch it later because I see some of you writing. But within these pursuits of happiness, there are several types of people. The first type of person is the strategizer or the planner. And I don't know where you fit in. You know where you fit in. The strategizer, this is the person who wants to achieve goals, but all they do is plan. They have steps for this, and they have a strategy for that, but they never seem to implement it. They can tell everyone how to do what they need to do. They can map out everybody's plan for success because they plan at best. But the best they will ever get to reaching their goals is planning. They have a seven-step program for this, and they have a 12-point program for that. But we never seem to see them bring their plans to fruition. That's the strategizer. And then there is the happy-go-lucky. This person just thinks that they can ease on down, ease on down, ease on down the road. Uh huh. They feel that they will reach their goals haphazardly. They feel that they will run into someone, run into something, come across some type of opportunity and something out of the blue will just fall out of the sky and they'll find everything that they need. But see, the problem with this type of person is that they will never accomplish anything meaningful that has a specific emphasis or focus. They're just happy to be alive, but they're not focused on anything particular. It is as if they are vagabonds for success. They roam the streets of life and whatever happens just simply happens. Keep your eyes on the prize. Then there is the when is it my time kind of person. This is the type of person who's always looking around wondering when it will be their time to find success in the life that they desire. It is hard for them to reach their goals because they just want to know when will their time come. Rather than getting up and making things happen, they're stuck in a position of wondering with no action. Am I talking about you today? Where there's no action, there will be no results. I said where there's no action, there will be no what? Results. It will never be their time because all they do is ask, when is it my time? Then there is the chaser. The chaser is the one who runs around chasing everything. Help me out, young people. Chasing the bag. Chasing the bag with no real direction. They don't have goals, but they will try anything and everything that comes their way because all they do is chase. They chase well, but they chase wrong. Uh Uh-huh. Everything that's lawful is not expedient. The danger to this person is that they are always found in the wrong place, not in pursuit of what God really has for them. All they do is chase. Have you ever met anyone? All they do, they always have a scheme. This week they have something. Next week they have something. Now they're doing this. Then one week they want to be a lawyer. Then the next week they want to be a carpenter. Now they're in firefighting. Just all—just chasing, chasing, chasing. The truth of the matter is, if we're ever going to move from a place of good to great in this year of restoration, if we're going to move from good to great, we have to be in the right place at the right time Working in the capacity, doing what we know we're supposed to be doing. We can never go from good to great. And even in this ministry, I don't know, whatever position you're working in in this ministry, it might be the wrong position that you're working in. But this ministry will never move from good to great until we're all working in the capacity and the places that we should be working in. Somebody say, keep your eyes on the prize. Just like me. Talk about me, not you. I'll talk about me. I started university in 1992. Don't judge me. 1992, chasing, chasing the dream of becoming a medical doctor. I pursued that dream for three years. I was a senior in the major. Yes, it's true. I was a senior in the major when I realized this dream is not for me. I was in the lab doing some work, and I took my white lab coat off went to the registrar's office, and withdrew from school. I had a full scholarship, full ride. My parents had a fit, Sister May, How could you do this? You're going to be a doctor one day. You're in your senior year. But it wasn't my dream. See, the thing is, it wasn't my goal for life. While, yes, I could perform the task, my grades were on point, my lab work was on point, I could complete the dream, but the dream is not the dream that echoed from my heart. It was not the dream that was ordained for me. I was chasing hard, but chasing wrong. Uh Uh-huh. I'm talking about the chaser. Then there is, and I'm almost done with this description. I don't know where you fit in or if you even fit in. Then there is the pinch hitter. The pinch hitter, much like baseball, is the one who has goals and wants better things out of life, but they always think they can ride the coattail of others. They always think they're the ones who can get the hookup, the favors, the promotions because someone else is already elevated. They're the ones that are always looking for the under the table kinds of deals. The challenge with the pinch hitter, however, is that they will never have anything substantial because they never earn or build anything from the ground up. And the truth of the matter is no one gets to the 10th floor automatically. You've either got to take the steps or you've got to take the elevator. But the pinch hitter is just always looking for a quick fix, always looking for a hookup, always looking for the buddy. The pinch hitter is always riding shotguns. With his or her best buddy. The popular group TLC described the pinch hitter as a scrub. Always on the passenger side of the best friend's ride. When are you going to get your own ride? Stop riding shotgun all the time. Stop riding on other people's hookups and upgrades. Stop always looking for the upgrade and get to work and do something for yourself. Keep your eyes, what? On the prize. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then there is the all-around winner. Somebody say all-around winner. All around. The all-around winner is the one who never follows the rules but always seems to win. This is the type of person who never seems to have to endure anything, who never struggles for anything, but always seems to come out on top. This is the one who fails to be obedient and sometimes downright chooses to be disobedient, but always Brother Robert seems to prosper no matter what. The all-around winner is the one that we see in our text today. This is the profile of the wicked, the one that the psalmist is speaking of, who is wicked but is always at the top. The one who always gets ahead, the one who always comes out with no scars, the one who always seems to have it together on the outside when you know that they are a mess on the inside. I'm talking about the all-around winner. Is there anyone you've ever asked yourself or you've ever questioned God or you've ever asked God, why does it seem like the wicked always prospers? God, why is it that the ones that that choose to run from your word while I'm here trying to live your word, the ones who run from your call always seem to get ahead in life when it seems that the believer always, always, always has to struggle? Keep your eyes on the prize. God, you said in your word, that if we abide in you, and you if, if, if you abide in us and we abide in you, you said we can ask what we will and it shall be done unto us. But it always seems like the wicked get the things that they want. It seems like the evil and the vile and the vicious, they always seem to ride in the things that I want to ride in. It seems like those who are deceptive and those who are tricky and those who are malicious always seem to live in the house that I want to live in. It seems they don't have the heartaches that I have. God, why is this? It seems that they don't suffer the persecution that I suffer. Why is it that the wicked always seems to prosper? Keep your eyes on the prize. Even Jeremiah felt the same. See, it's not just me and it's not just you, but even Jeremiah felt the same. He said in Jeremiah chapter 12, wherefore doth the way of the wicked prosper? This is the question to God. Wherefore are all they happy that deal very treacherously? Even Job, let me get another one. Even Job said the same thing. He said in Job 21, why do the wicked live on an ever upward path to lifelong riches? Their children become well established in front of them. Their offspring are guaranteed to grow up before their eyes. Even in Psalms, we hear the cry, Lord, how long will the wicked triumph? Life can seem sometimes like an obvious contradiction to what we've been taught to believe. When have you worked, or when, or when, I'm sorry, when you have worked your fingers to the bone, and when you have toiled, mother, and when you have labored before the Lord, and and when systemic approach, Oppression and social injustice seems to be on the rise and it seems to be winning, it will cause you as a believer to cry out, Lord, why? How much longer will the wicked prosper and triumph? With all that we try to do as law-abiding citizens, goal-setting people, trying every day to make an honest living for ourselves and for our families, we turn on the news and we open up our social media accounts and it just looks like the wicked are running rampant all over this earth, just like Satan, running to and fro, seeking whom he may devour. Psalm 73 that we read from today. Stay with me. I know where I'm going. Psalm 73 it's considered as an Asaph song. Asaph was one of the workers who was very close to David. See, David didn't write all of the psalms. Anytime he was close to David, now watch this. Anytime you are close to someone, anytime you walk with someone, anytime you spend an extended period of time with someone, you will become a part Of who they are anytime you are mentored or you are shadowed it is inevitable that you will exhibit some of their characteristic traits that's why young people listen to me my young adults and my reach and my my young adults that's why you have to be mindful of the company that you keep because you become a product of your environment it's inevitable it's inevitable You hang out with that crowd, you're going to become that crowd. You will be viewed as that crowd. You will find yourself using the same words that that crowd uses. You will find yourself even if you don't do it, you will find yourself developing curiosities about the things that that crowd does even if you don't. You will find yourself tempted, thinking and wondering what they're doing and they seem to be okay. Maybe I can do it too. You will become a product of your environment. But just like you, And just like me, I'm sorry, let me back up. You will become a product of your environment. But as Asaph, who I was talking about, he was a protege of David. And he receives most of the credit for writing this Psalm 73 that we're coming from today. Now, it's not clear if he wrote all of it or if David helped him out. So I want you to sit this week, mark your Bibles. Go back and read this week and look at the realities that lie within Psalm 73. Now, this was written many, many years ago, but the, the cry and the laments within Psalm 73 are very still very much relevant today. So I want you to go back and look at their cry and look at their meditations and, and see how it parallels to the times of the day. But just like you and me, they struggled with the same contradictory ideology that those who do wrong will prosper But those who are trying to do right will have to struggle to be better. But the Bible declares, I said the Bible declares, and we know that God's word is true. The Bible declares in Psalm 37, fret not thyself because of what? Evildoers, neither be thou envious, hallelujah, against the workers of iniquity. For they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. And then it goes on to say, trust in the Lord. Trust in who? In who? and do good so shalt thou dwell in the land and verily thou shalt be fed then it goes on in verse 4 from my bible scholars it says delight thyself in the lord it doesn't say delight thyself in social media it doesn't say delight thyself in the real housewives of Atlanta it doesn't say delight thyself in the latest series from CTV it says delight thyself in the lord delight thyself in the lord that means choose to take joy in the ways of the Lord that means choose to take joy in the songs of the Lord when I was growing up we used to sing a song. every Sunday morning I was telling Pastor Aisha this morning every Sunday morning my mother would fill the house with the sound of gospel music and I didn't realize it then but it was what it was doing is setting the atmosphere to open our hearts to lift our spirits from what we've been carrying all week so this morning when I got up I've told you before we have Alexa in three rooms in our house in my bathroom in the bathroom that the boys use and in their bedroom. And I got up this morning and I said, we need some music in this house. And I cranked up Kirk Franklin and I put it on shuffle and let it play and let the music blast through the house because the joy of the Lord needed to come up in the house. The Bible says "Delight." Thyself in the Lord, He will give you the desires of your heart. And the funny thing is, the boys had not heard a lot of Kirk Franklin, but as they were listening to it, they were shocked and they were saying, My God, Kirk Franklin can spit some bars. That's right, brother. Kirk Franklin can spit some bars too. Delight thyself in the Lord. That means when you're feeling down, find yourself in the joy of the Lord. Get into the presence of the Lord and lift your spirit. You won't always have me there to preach you out of it, but you need to know where to. go I will go into the Lord I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from which cometh my help somebody say keep your eyes on the prize hallelujah (laughs) delight 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 that means take joy that means I can stay there all day hallelujah in his presence there is fullness of joy hallelujah But it says delight thyself in the Lord. So you need to know with all that I've said just a moment ago about the wicked triumph, you need to know that as a believer there is an answer. You need to know that there is a solution for the believers. You need to know that there is a promise and you ought to be responding right now because you know that God gave us a promise even in the midst of the wicked. I said there was a promise for the believer not for the non-believer. I'm talking about the believer. Do I have a believer in the room today? Do I have a believer in the room today. There is a fulfillment that God has set up for the believer. Keep your eyes on the prize. Three points and I'm out of here. I gotta go. Number one, if you're taking notes, look at what you have. I love the word of God because mixed within all of our messages it's all interlaced we choose different subjects we choose different texts but not too long ago co-pastor asked you what was in your hand now today god is saying look at you, you got see you got that's that's why you can't miss a service when you can now if you have to go go but that's why it's important that you're here and don't always lean on the podcast don't say well i'm going to do Side baptist today because of the podcast But when you come into his presence, much like communion, when you push your way and come into his presence, there's something that God has in store for us. And we don't always know what it is, but if I can get up out of this bed, wash my tail, that's right, wash your tail before you come to church. If I can get up out of this bed, I don't care if you have to take a car, a van, or public transportation, but if I can press my way, much like the lady pressed to touch the hem of his garment and get into the house of God, there's something waiting for me. There's a special supernatural blessing that's waiting for me. Somebody say, press. Come on, come. Somebody say, press. Press your way. Press your way. But I said all that to say that not too long ago, co-pastor reminded us to look what's in our hand. Your point number one today is look at what you have. Stick out your hands in front of you. Wake up the tucker up. Stick out your hands in front of you. Love you, sir. Stick out your hands and look at, look, at, look at what you have. Come on, Storm. Come on. Look at what you have. You're a new convert. I want you to eat all of this up. Look at no, stick both hands out. I, I have time, I can take time for it. Look at what you have. See it. See it beyond just those those unique fingerprints that the Lord has given you. But look at what you have. It is your burden to look at what the Lord has given you. All of the resources, all of the gifts. All of the talent, all of the favor, and all of the anointing, and make it if I can go back on from last Sunday, make it work for you. God has given us so much to build our lives on. He does not want us, come on, come on, believers, He does not want us walking around looking sad, looking downtrodden. God doesn't want us like that. Don't you know who you are? You are royalty, you are the chosen of God, you are royalty a royal priesthood, a peculiar people. Hallelujah. He doesn't want us downtrodden and sad and looking lowly and looking frumpy and desolate. That's not what he's called us to, Tristan. He wants us happy and joyous and the light of the Lord emitting from us and looking good and smelling good and ready to let somebody know that Jesus changed my life. If you're looking at me and you're wondering why I'm looking so good, it's because of the things that God has done. Not so much what I've done, but he made a way out of no way. He brought me from one place to another place, and he brought me to this place. And if you keep watching, he's going to take me somewhere else. He's going to take me somewhere else. God wants you with life, and he wants you with fervor because God is love and God is life. He wants you to have life more abundantly. He wants you to live. That means you have to want to live this life that he's given you. So when you look at what you have, you see you have the activity of your limbs. I don't know. I think most of us walked in here today. I think most of us can blink our eyes. We can hear through our ears pretty good. I think the Lord has given us a lot. See, stop looking at what others have. Don't look at your neighbor. Don't look at your co-worker. Don't look at your family members, the sibling rivalries, who has what in the competition. Don't look at what others have, but start looking at what you have that will help you to reach your goals. The Bible says that it's unlawful to covet, so stop coveting what others have. Don't be envious of what others have, because why you don't know their story you don't know what they had to go through to get the things that they have you don't know what they had to endure you don't know the pain and you don't know the pressure that they survived to get the things that they have sometimes they have the things because they lied and they deceived why would you want something that is stolen but you ought to look to yourself and look to what God has given you and make something out of what the Lord has given you somebody say keep your eyes on the prize see the truth of the matter is we spend too much time complaining Aloud rather than working In silence I said we spend too much Time complaining Aloud rather Than working in silence If you Stop and look at what you have You'll begin To work and you'll keep your eyes On the prize I will look To the hills from which cometh my help See I'm, I'm reminded of my son's Track meets you know, Elijah ran track, and he, he, he did. He, he won a lot of awards, and he did, he did very, very well, if I can pause for a moment. But I'm reminded of his track meets, and I was so proud to see all of the young boys and, and all of the young girls who had the courage to get out on that track and compete, because that takes courage. It takes courage to see yourself winning, to get out on that track and give it your all. But I noticed that during some of those track meets, As those young men and women rounded that bend, coming up for the final stretch, sometimes there were those who were in the lead. They were almost to the finish line, running, running. But they made one mistake. You know what I'm talking about. Much like Lot's wife, they looked back to see how close the competition was. And in the process of looking back, they lost their footing. Oh God, help us today. They lost their footing. They lost their placement because they look back to see what the competition was doing. But you've got to keep your eyes on the prize. The moment that they took their eyes off the finish line is when they began to lose momentum. It's when they began to lose fervor. And the moment that you look at what your neighbor has and you start envying what the other person has, you begin to lose your favor. But I will keep my eyes on the prize. I said, I'm looking straightway and I'm focused. I tell you, I'm laser focused and I've got a goal and God's going to help me to get there. My stride is complete. You know why, Alicia? Because I've trained and because I've worked out and I've warmed up and I'm ready to run this race. So in the middle of my race, I might become a little winded and I might feel something coming up on the side, but I'm not going to look the other way because my eyes are fixed on the prize. And I just believe that if I give it my all, the Lord is going to help me to win the prize do I have a witness today keep your eyes on the prize don't look at what others have but keep your eyes on the prize the truth of the matter is we're not competing with others anyway because your race is your race and my race is my race amen stop looking at what others have number two Look at who you serve. We serve a mighty God. I said, we serve a mighty God. Let me add a little bit to that. We serve an almighty God. I was so blessed by praise and worship this morning. And the song that you sang, he never failed me yet. It's a song that I grew up on too. But as I become to be a little older, I realize that last word I can take out. I can say, he's never failed me. Because God doesn't have the capacity to fail us. Now, they wrote that song based on the time, but the Lord gave me another revelation about it. He's never failed me. He's never failed me. Jesus Christ has never failed failed me that means he does to say yet kind of implies that he has the possibility or the capacity or the impulse to fail me but God cannot lie he is not a man that he cannot lie God is never going to fail me so you've got to number two look at who you serve there is none like him in all the earth The universe, the galaxy, they're still discovering planets and they're still discovering stars and moons and they don't even realize that God knew they were there all the time. Science is limited, but God is almighty. He's all-knowing. He's omniscient. He's all-present. He's all-knowing. We serve a mighty God. Look at who you serve. He is from everlasting to everlasting. He controls the land and the sea. At the sound of his voice, the waters can stop just like that. At the thought, the trouble can stop just like that. It may look like the wicked is prospering, but God has everything under control. Help me out, James Hall. Who is in control? the song we used to sing we used to kill it we used to say who is in control and then we'd come back and the answer would be God is in control look at your neighbor and say God is in control come on mean it like you know it and you believe it God is in control another way to say it Jesus take the wheel of course Jesus is going to take the wheel because he made the car Jesus made the wheel Jesus put the gas in the car that you're riding in. Of course Jesus is going to take the wheel. you never had the wheel. The problem is that we think we do, but Jesus has the wheel. Look at who you serve. Don't think that he sleeps and slumbers while the enemy runs rampant. I said, don't think that he sleeps and slumbers. Don't think that God is on a coffee break just because you're going through. Oh, no, 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 no. God knows. He sees. He knows everything. I said, look at who you serve. The God of Abraham And the God of Isaac. He is the God of Jacob. He is the same God who delivered Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego he is the same God who rescued Daniel from the lion's den does anybody know what I'm talking about he's the same God who kept Moses safe from a mass genocide because of the purpose over his life and he's gonna do the same thing for you he's not gonna let you perish until you fulfill the purpose in your life he's the same God who delivered the Israelites over and over and over again he is the same God who enlarged Jabez's territory look at who you serve is the same God who restored everything and more back to Job he is the same God who had tender mercies on Rahab and rescued her from a horrible place he is the same God who kept Joseph alive so that his purpose can be fulfilled and that so he will deliver a group of people I want you to know today don't you give up sister Lisa because you might be the Moses of your family God may have called you sister Jackie to be the Moses of your family the one to cry loud in the family and people will come to God because of the life that you live before them because you've given your life to God so you've got to look at who you serve and although the wicked may be running rampant and although we may be hearing bad things about the coronavirus and what President Trump is doing and the economy and the oil and this and that and wars and rumors of wars I tell you that God is still on the throne today I said God is still on the throne today so after you finish watching the news You gotta look at yourself. You gotta look at what you have. Don't you be worried about coronavirus. You just do what you need to do and God will take care of you. I've heard that the coronavirus is currently... We have people in Ajax who have the coronavirus. We have some in Toronto. We have them all over and we don't even know about. They're all over Markham. But I'm not worried. Sister Bev, you just do what you need to do and God's gonna take care of you. I said God sits high on the throne. He's got a control room and he's controlling everything I said God is controlling everything don't you be afraid don't you be afraid to go out if you need to wear a mask do what you need to do but God is still on the throne we're not going to get paranoid because another virus is trying to take over the land because God is in control and he's in his control room brother Sean and he's pushing buttons and he's watching this screen and he's watching what's going on in Africa and he's watching what's going on in Europe and he's watching what's going on in Antarctica and he's watching what's going on in Pickering and he's watching what's going on in 1527 Bailey Street and God is punching buttons and he's allowing things to happen because in his mind he's directing the show and he knows what's going to come out of this, I said you gotta look at who you serve, we serve a mighty God, we serve a mighty God, we serve a mighty God we serve a mighty God we serve a mighty God, we serve a mighty God, we serve a mighty God, we serve a mighty God we serve a mighty God we serve a mighty God hallelujah we serve a mighty God we serve a mighty God hallelujah 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 he's the same God who so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son we thank God for that today he's the same God yeah who sent his Holy Spirit to comfort us It's the same God who time after time after time after time after time has delivered us from the hand of the enemy. The same God. Look at who you serve. The same God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look at what you have. Look at who you serve. I'm almost done. My last point and I'm out of here. Number three. Number three, look at what you have. Say it again. Look at who you serve and look at where you are going. Look at somebody. Say, look at where you are going. I've already talked about this again. I've already talked about this. Sorry. But again, I don't know what your stepping stone goals are. But they are going to get you from the small of here to there. I don't know what your short-term goals are along the lines of your educational and your vocational pursuits. I don't even know what your long-term goals are in terms of building a family, a home, having a sustainable life and a career. But what I'm here today to ask you What are your lifetime goals? It's point number three. Look at where you are going. Those in the spirit already know where I'm going. What are your lifetime goals? Look at where you are going. And if you are a believer... I said a believer. That means you know the Lord and the pardon of your sins. That means you have a relationship. That means you have repented of your sins. You have confessed that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and you are living for him. If you believe that God has raised him from the dead, if you are a believer, somebody say believer. You're in right relationship with God today. Then your lifetime goals are not like that of the wicked. Thank you, God. Your lifetime goals do not match up with The unbeliever, your lifetime goals should not be to drive just a fancy car or live in a house on a hill. Those are not your lifetime goals. See, we can plan our own funerals, and we can leave huge wills, and we can leave huge estates, Sister Bell, behind for our loved ones. We can set up trust funds, and we can write eloquent books so that our thoughts will remain intact on this earth. All those things are good. Yes, all those things are dandy. In fact, that's part of what we should be doing. But when you are a believer, somebody say, as I'm getting ready to close, and you have given your life to God, when you have spent your life loving those who don't love you back, when you have spent your life giving to the poor and to the needy and dealing with injustices and sufferings and surviving persecution for his name's sake, serving the Lord with your whole heart, there is a shift in your lifetime goals. We don't talk about it much anymore, but there's a shift in your lifetime rewards that you expect at the end of your life. And you don't hear people getting excited about it anymore, Sister May. You don't hear people talking about it anymore. But there's a place that I'm striving to get to where the wicked shall cease from troubling and we shall be at rest. There's a place that you should dream of, and that place is your prize. Who knows what I'm talking about, right? Right now you've got to keep your eyes on the prize see for the believer our prize, Sister Kamika it's not worldly gain oh but I want to know do you want to do you want to go where I'm talking about today I'm talking about a place called heaven see people stop talking about heaven and we don't get excited anymore look at you I'm talking about heaven and I haven't even seen a hand wave on some of you but yet that's where we want to go I said we stop talking about the benefits and the joys and the privilege of opportunity to get to heaven hallelujah we can't get so comfortable in our earthly successes that we forget about the value and the rewards of heaven Jesus said to us in John and this is the word of God I can't make this stuff up let not your heart be troubled if you believe in God believe also in me because in my father's house there are many mansions if it were not so I would have told you but Jesus said I go Sister Geraldine, he said, I go to prepare a place for you. Somebody ought to get happy. I see you, Mother Scarlet. I'm excited about that place that Jesus had to go to. He said, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again. He said, I will come again. He said, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, that where I am, you can go too. <laughs> you can go too. I said, we stop getting excited about a place called heaven so you've got to realize that is the enemy's job to keep you from getting to your end goal you've got to realize it brother andre that he's trying to knock you out the park because he doesn't want you to get to your end goal so he's going to throw some stumbling blocks in your way he said he's going to throw some stumbling blocks in your way he's going to try to fire darts that will keep you from getting there but you've got to look away at what the wicked is doing. It seems like they're prospering but you've got to keep your eyes on the prize. Stay with me. Just give me something. Don't give me all that jazz up stuff. Just stay with me right there. See the end goal, the lifetime goal, the end goal, the end goal is heaven. Somebody say heaven. Don't you want to go to heaven? Don't you want to go to heaven? See the problem is when people pass away we are so quick to give them wings to fly away but you don't even know how they lived the truth of the matter is that they might need a parachute because they're dropping down to hell but you ought to be excited about the word called heaven don't you want to live again one songwriter says when you see me singing and shouting down here I'm doing the best I can to keep myself together to make it to the promised land I'm a soldier in God's army and I'm going to win this fight Uh, I'm going to share this gospel of Jesus Christ and then they went on to say oh heaven. Heaven is my goal. I mean heaven. Heaven all the way. I said heaven all the way. 99 and a half and a half won't do, but I'm talking about heaven all the way. You can't get there by lying. You can't get there by cheating. You can't get there by being disobedient. But I mean heaven all the way. I want to go. Do you want to go to heaven today? Do you want to go to heaven today? I said do you want to go to heaven today? Is heaven your end goal? I want to hear him say, well done. So I'm keeping my eyes on the prize. I want to hear God say, well done, my good and my faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. Now I'll make you ruler over many. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Do you want to enter into the joy of the Lord when your rogue name is called up yonder? I believe. Hallelujah. I believe that my name is written in the Lamb's book of life and sister Annie one day I'm gonna go to heaven hallelujah I'm going to heaven I believe hallelujah if being in God's presence on earth is this good and if feeling the power of the Holy Spirit sister Doreen move through me is this good imagine what heaven is gonna be like on that day imagine what heaven is going to feel like no more sickness and no more pain we need to get excited about heaven again. We need to build up the hype about heaven again, because everybody is not going. See, what you need to realize is that heaven is the most exclusive club that there ever will be. Heaven is structured like no other architectural structure in the world. Heaven has the best interior and exterior design that there will ever be. Heaven has the best weather that you will ever find. Heaven has a dress code like no other, because we know that we're going to wear long white robes uh, that have been washed in the blood of the Lamb. Uh, Heaven has the best streets. Uh, No more potholes or anything like that construction on Eglinton downtown. Uh, The Bible says uh, that heaven shines with the glory of the Lord. I said heaven shines with the glory of the Lord. It has great walls measuring 200 feet thick with 12 gates at the city uh, with 12 gates and 12 angels at the gates. Uh, Heaven is laid out as a square with Foundations decorated with every precious stone. Jasper, sapphire, agate, emerald, and onyx, ruby, chrysolite, beryl, and topaz, and turquoise, jacinth, and amethyst. Heaven's gates are made of pearls. There's no temple in the city because God and the Lamb are the temple. I said there's no temple in the city called heaven because the Bible says that God and the Lamb are the temple heaven doesn't need sun and heaven doesn't need moon, because God's glory will shine forevermore, hallelujah, nothing impure will ever enter into heaven, I said nothing impure will ever enter into heaven, and the glory of the Lord will be there forever, the glory of the Lord will be there forever, the glory of the Lord will be there forever, forever. that's the prize I'm fighting for that's the prize I'm living for I said that's the prize I'm serving for that's the prize I'm serving for I'm living to live again 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 I don't need a parachute cause I'm not going down but give me my wings so I can fly far, far away heaven I'm living for heaven I said I'm living hallelujah I said I'm living for heaven. I said, I'm living for heaven. Hallelujah, hallelujah. 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 Keep your eyes on the prize. I don't care what Trump does. I don't care what coronavirus. Keep your eyes on the On the prize, and I'm not going back. Come hell, high water, sink or swim. I've got my eyes on the prize. Woo! Somebody ought to just give God a praise. Just give. You ought to give. See, just give God a praise. Going. Keep the beat going. Keep the beat going. Keep the beat going. Yeah, 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 yeah. Keep it there. Because I'm excited about heaven. But let me tell you this. I'm going to borrow from Tasha Cobbs just for a moment. She talks about on her album, so I can't take credit for this one, something called a Christmas praise. And what she said is that, 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 that many times we give God the praise because much like Christmas when we were children and and for children when when we come downstairs or you come out of your room and you see all the gifts laid under the tree you start to get excited and you go oh thank you mama we say oh thank you daddy because you see what you see and you just begin to give God a praise but the truth of the matter is none of us have seen heaven yet but yet we believe I said none of us have seen heaven yet but we believe so if I can take it back to the Christmas praise what she went on to say is you got to understand that sometimes mama or daddy would say go outside and when you went outside you see something bigger that you didn't even ask or think you could get so today you got to give God a praise you got to give God a Christmas praise because God has something up in the sky that is bigger than we can ever think or that we could ever ask for so give God a Christmas praise yes hallelujah we gotta get out of here We ran a little late today, we gotta get out of here. We gotta get out of here. But God can give you everything that you want under the Christmas tree on earth but when we get to a place, hallelujah when we get to a place called heaven that's gonna be more than we ever thought the most beautiful thing that you can think of heaven is much more than that and there's not gonna be sickness there's not gonna be pain there will be no violence there will be no hatred every day will be like Sunday hallelujah I'm excited about heaven hallelujah Hallelujah. 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 God, don't sit down. Don't sit down. Don't sit down. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I don't have any back to working, anyone working the board, but there's another scripture that I wanted up, so I'm going to read it for you. Hold the music, if you will, just for a moment, because this scripture is found in the same psalm. We read the first five verses of the psalm. I'm going to read the Message Bible, so... You'll have to watch unless you have the message on your digital phone or unless you carry a message Bible. So don't don't, don't sit because I'm done. But at the beginning of Psalm 73, we read about the wicked. And I challenge you to go back this week because that whole psalm, that entire psalm, there are about 28 verses, that entire psalm I studied this week is talking about the wicked prospering. But then around verse 25 of the 28 verses, it says this you're all hallelujah I want in heaven you're all I want on earth when my skin sags and my bones get brittle God is a rock firm and faithful I said God is a rock firm and faithful look those who left you are falling apart deserters they will never be heard from again that means the people who stopped following you the people who chose the devices of the enemy are falling apart They're, they're, they're dissipated they're gone they didn't make it it says oh how refreshing it is i've made the lord god my home i'm telling the world what you do so that means when we get to heaven One songwriter said, millions didn't make it, Uh, but I was one of the ones who did. Don't forget the end goal. Keep your eyes on the prize. What does it mean to live this life? What does it profit a man to gain this whole world and lose his soul? What does it profit? Brother, I'm not here in church every Sunday just so I can mess around and get a parachute and go to hell. I'm living so I can live again. I'm living because he pardoned my sins and he showed me my ways. I'm living because he washed my blood. He washed my blood with his blood. Read Psalm 73 this week. What psalm did I say? What did I say? Read it this week. I want you to say this after me and I'm out of here. All is well, All is well. If, God is in me. if God is in me. All is well All is right. Sister Lisa if God, is in me. if God is in me. Because God is on the side of those because God is on the side of those who are right. Who are right. And if I'm right with God and if god is in me then all is well give god a praise thank you for joining us we're the family worship center strengthening the family building the community serving with love